Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to The Counselor's Couch. I'm your host, Calvin Williams, licensed professional counselor. You know, it's great to be back with you this week. I'm grateful that you're taking the time out of your schedule to share this moment with me again. And you know, I truly do mean that. When I say I'm grateful, I'm not just throwing that out there because without you, a podcast like this would really and truly be nothing. So again, thank you for being here with me and just know that uh, my heart is eternally grateful that you're listening. You know, we are entering the holiday season, everybody. It's such an exciting time. Halloween has passed and we are on the brink of Thanksgiving and the Christmas season. Now, I'm not going to go into the debate of when to decorate for Christmas because, well, I'm one of those that probably starts too early. I absolutely love Christmas lights. You know, I would keep a Christmas tree up all year round just as a lamp if my wife would let me. A funny story, a few years ago, we ordered a couple of trees from QVC during the Christmas in July sale. Well, I got these at the 1st of August is when they actually came in. Now, I need to add that this was during the pandemic and during isolation protocols. Well, since we had gotten them so early, I wanted to see if they worked, just in case I needed to send them back. So I set them up in August. It was awesome because they stayed up all the way through the holiday season. Now, we left them undecorated, but I just loved the lights. They're so relaxing to me. Now, we did get hassled a couple of times during Zoom meetings with families and friends when people noticed the Christmas tree behind us, but, you know, it really didn't matter to me. Uh, I just absolutely loved it because I found value in it for me. Now, isn't it interesting when you see the value in something for yourself, how it minimizes the reactions that you have when others don't see the value? It's amazing. It seems to make you feel like titanium. You know, your opinion and your preference doesn't matter unless I let it. And when you really and truly see the value for yourself, it makes all the difference in the world. It comes down to what we attach to value, especially value regarding ourselves. So let's get into it. But before we get started, let me remind you again, nothing provided in this podcast implies a therapeutic relationship between counselor and client. It is solely for education and entertainment. Counseling can help you overcome challenges, enhance your relationships, and develop skills to lead the life you want. If you are considering therapy, then please reach out to a trained, licensed professional in your community. If you are interested in seeking counseling in the Monroe, Louisiana area, or if you live anywhere in Louisiana and you are interested in participating in teletherapy with state-approved professionals, then contact the providers at HealthPoint Center. Change starts here. Psychology and Counseling Services, HealthPoint, is a collaboration of independent professionals who are dedicated to improving your quality of life and guiding you on a positive path toward change. That's HealthPoint Center, located at 1818 Avenue of America, Monroe, Louisiana. So call today to inquire about services, providers, or book an appointment at area code 318-998-2700. Well, it's that time again. So pull up a cushion, kick off your shoes, and grab a cup of coffee. Let's get started with the session. Have you ever found yourself looking for something that was never really lost in the first place? You know, early in my marriage, before we had a child, my wife surprised me with the gift of a Labrador puppy, Drake. Now, Drake was beautiful, and I mean, he was an awesome dog. Well, he was my companion. He was so full of personality and attitude, and he was worth all the trouble. He was the type of dog 
that would let you know what he was thinking. I mean, it was hilarious. When my wife and I would be sitting in the living room watching TV or talking, and he was trying to sleep, he would look up at you over his shoulder with that, hey, can't you see I'm trying to sleep here? Kind of look. He would do it a couple of times, and then he would get up and huff. I'm not kidding you. He would huff. He'd And then he would go in the next room to finish his nap. I mean, I absolutely loved this dog. Well, one day when he was just a puppy, I left him in the backyard of our little rent house to go run some quick errands. I mean, this was nothing unusual. The yard was fenced and I made every effort to puppy proof it if there is such a thing. And I had done this several times before without any incident. So I naturally thought all is well. Well, a quick sprint to the store and I returned in a matter of minutes. Now, when I get back home and I go to the backyard, no Drake. I mean, my heart dropped. I called and I called. Still, no Drake. He couldn't have gotten out unless he was the reincarnation of Houdini himself. But he must have gotten out. So I immediately jumped into the car to scour the neighborhood in my little town. Man, I searched everywhere I could imagine, calling his name over and over again, my heart just breaking every time. I spent about two to three hours just searching for him. Well, I ended up near my office at the hospital, so I went to call my wife and break the news. Now, this was back before we all carried cell phones everywhere we go. When she answered the phone, she asked me, where are you? And I recounted my sorrow and my search. Now, she was quiet on the other end of the line. Now, she could probably sense my frustration. And then she said, honey, he's right here. He was playing in the backyard when I came home. He's been out there all afternoon. I can't remember if I was happy, sad, or angry, but I was relieved. Now, as I drove back to the house, I kind of reflected on my day, and I realized I just spent several hours looking for a lost dog that was never lost in the first place. You know, I never found out where Drake was hiding or why I couldn't find him. I did wonder, though, how many times have I searched for other things in my life that were never lost? Well, we all do it in some way. I mean, searching for lost keys that were exactly where you left them. They were simply covered up by something placed over them on the countertop. My favorite is searching for the lost remote control knowing that it has never left the living room. It was simply between the cushions, not lost, just covered. Now, the common definition of lost refers to something that is taken away or that cannot be recovered. So, is something really lost when you cannot see it or when it's covered by something else or attached to something else? No. And I want you to realize that something cannot be lost that remains constant. Something cannot be found that was never lost in the first place. Now, what I'm talking about is our value as a person and our worth. You are of value, and your value has never been lost. So why do we spend a lifetime looking for it and acting like it's lost? Well, let me elaborate. I am saying you are of value. You are of worth. Now, the word value means to consider something with respect to worth and importance. 
Now, I'm not referring to material or monetary worth of something. It's greater than that. But let me tell you the secret and listen carefully. You are a value and you have always been a value. This is the truth. It's unfortunate that we live in a society, a world, that does not recognize this simple truth. You know, we've all been conditioned to believe what I call the great delusion. I mean, it's a con game of master proportions, and it starts early in our life. A delusion is something that is falsely or delusively believed. You know, I originally was going to call it the great lie because that felt a little more accurate. However, as I processed it, delusion felt more accurate because it's an irrational belief defying normal reasoning, and it can become an unshakable belief even in light of the overwhelming evidence of the truth. That's what delusion is. So what is the great delusion? I'll tell you. Again, listen carefully, because this is it. My value depends on blank. That's it. How do you fill in the blank? What are you attaching to your value? Somewhere, at some time, you experienced something. Something that in that moment, you attached to your value as a human being. Your value as a child, a parent, a man, a woman. It covered your worth and shifted your focus. It was likely something uncomfortable, something painful, something scary, or something that hurt. This experience was then followed by another experience and another that reiterated the delusion, which led to a belief that your value is based on conditions. We learned conditional love, conditional acceptance, and conditional value. This then set us on a lifetime search for something that was never lost in the first place, your value. Now, the great delusion comes in many forms. Sometimes it's direct and sometimes it's subtle. So why do we fall for it so easily? Because of the shift in our focus. The shift is often connected to an emotional response. Now, remember the story of me looking for my lost dog that wasn't lost? My focus actually shifted from looking for the dog to fear of losing him. Now, it may seem like the same thing, but it's not. Your focus determines the direction of your life or the direction of the task. Focus drives action. The great delusion tends to shift your focus to something other than the truth, the truth that you are of value. It shifts our focus to someone's preference, to someone's opinion, It shifts our focus to our failures and our mistakes. To fail or make a mistake is about learning and being a human being. It's not about our value. It often seems as if the shift is grounded in our fears, specifically a fear of not being good enough, fear of making a mistake, which means I'm not good enough, fear of being left out, which means I'm not good enough, fear of not being picked for that team, which means I'm not good enough. Fear of being seen as a failure, not good enough. Fear of abandonment, not good enough. Fear of being judged, not good enough. Fear of being alone, not good enough. 
fear of whatever still resonates with the message that I am not good enough. So we spend our life trying to prove what? To prove we are good enough or that we have value. Yeah, that's right. The value we never lost and that has always been there. However, fear shifts the focus. In treatment, we often describe fear as false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. It seems so real, which makes it so subtle. But I want to remind you, it was false the entire time. Now think about that for a moment. The word evidence refers to information indicating whether a belief or a proposition is true or valid. Now consider if the information is false, it leads to a belief or a proposition viewed as true or valid based on false or incorrect information. Now it's not semantics or wordplay, folks. It's just what happens. The false evidence that you experienced appeared so real to you that it shifted your focus from the truth and led to developing a belief diminishing your value. This then became your truth, which led you on a pathway of actions to prove something that never required proof. I am not good enough unless I show you how good I am by doing blank. Unfortunately, no matter how often you got it supposedly right or did the action, you still had the belief. But why? Because the action was never going to prove something that was already there. It was never going to prove your worth because your value and worth was not in need of proof. This is the delusion. Now, remember our definition of delusion. It is irrational defies normal reasoning, and it can become an unshakable belief, even in light of the overwhelming evidence of the truth. Now think about this, because many people ask me how they can become aware of this thought process. Well, consider this. In light of this irrational, unshakable belief grounded in false information, the truth will become uncomfortable. How many times do you shy away from compliments? It makes you uncomfortable when people talk about or share your accomplishments. Always used to be, for me, a history of minimizing the effort. Oh, that's no big deal. Anybody can do it. We disguise it as humility, but it's not. It's avoidance of the truth. We can't just say, thank you. I worked really hard on that, and I'm proud of it. Because we are afraid somebody will accuse us of bragging, which means it attaches itself to another fear. If I'm bragging, then they're going to think I'm not good enough or that I'm a narcissist. It becomes a recurring loop of insanity, driving our actions and creating our lives, and usually creating the lives we don't want. Now, I want you to ask yourself, why do we do what we do? What motivates a person's behavior and reactions to various situations or people in our lives? Now, I know it seems like this is a deep question that requires a lot of self-awareness, which many of us don't take time to explore. In fact, we often avoid it. But take a moment and ask yourself, what drives your reactions? Now, in many cases, it's a habit. 
a habit meaning a repeated pattern of behavior grounded in some belief. In many cases, we're even completely unaware of the underlying belief. Carl Jung, the founder of analytical psychology, believed until one makes the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Wow, now that's a powerful statement. What you may be interpreting as some form of fate may actually be some self-directed, unconscious manifestation of an irrational belief or conclusion from within, developed throughout your life. Developed based on something you experienced, not something that is constant, unchanging, and the truth, like you are of value. Jung felt it is man's task to become conscious of the contents that press upward from the unconscious. However, taking on the task of becoming aware of our subconscious beliefs is not an easy journey. In fact, it can be extremely uncomfortable. So, you may have to listen to this episode more than once to truly get it. But once you do, things will be different. Now, don't get me wrong. You may act in the same manner, but it will be different. You will be making an active choice, and somehow it will become more and more difficult to justify your actions. When we move something from one state to another state in our mind, it never goes back. You are now responsible for it. Once we pull the curtain back and you see the tiny man behind the great Oz, now that's a Wizard of Oz throwback for you young people, it just never seems the same. Why? Because it moved from one state in our mind to another, and it will never go back to the same place. What does that mean? It means you now have to make a decision, a choice. What will you do now? How will you act now? Actions taken from a place of value are so different from those trying to prove your value. Remember, you've been trying to prove something that never needed proof in the first place. Actions taken from a place of understanding your value, which was never in question in the first place, are actions of freedom, actions of authenticity, actions of vulnerability, actions of love. These are actions of true growth and change. Now, I think I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the elephant in the room. I'm not talking about selfishness or the current buzzword narcissistic. These things are not really about value. They're often more motivated by fear of being without value. Remember in the previous episode, I talked about self-care. Now, if you haven't listened to it, then take a listen. Your mental health is worth it. As I mentioned, selfishness is something we do that is lacking consideration for others for your own profit or pleasure. A true acceptance of your own value allows you to see the value in others and connect with others. It's no longer a competition. I have nothing to prove to others, so I can be present and freely engage. We can be vulnerable with no risk. Why? Because the risk of rejection does not impact my value. It remains constant simply because it was not dependent on being accepted by you in the first place. And narcissism, well, I agree with Brene Brown on this one. 
And I love her description of narcissism in her book, Daring Greatly. When I look at narcissism through the lens of vulnerability, I see the shame-based fear of being ordinary. What's wrong with being ordinary? What's wrong with being good enough? Absolutely nothing. They both are of value. However, what society is not telling you is that being ordinary and good enough is spectacular and extraordinary because you are of value just for being you, and you always have been. Quit looking for something that was never lost. Well, it seems we've reached the end of our session today, and I want to thank each of you for listening, and I encourage you to keep coming back. Now, as you move forward this week, I want you to reflect on the actions that you are taking in the life you are creating. Are you coming from a place of value or a place of fear? It really does make a huge difference. Are you looking for something that was never lost in the first place? Embrace your value because you're worth it. Now, I'm going to continue to push this and explore value in future episodes, so keep coming back. Now, today, I want to leave you with a quote from Calvin Williams. Never forget, you are of value, and you always have been. It doesn't depend on what you do or do not do. It doesn't depend on what happened to you. Stop acting that way. Remember, folks, you're not alone. Live intentionally, love daily, and laugh often. Please subscribe and follow me on whatever format you use to listen to podcasts. And if you want to show some support for the show, please take a moment and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. These matter more than you know, and they allow us to improve or adjust the show as needed. So let me know what you think. And take a minute to share the episode with a friend or a family member. I really want to get that message out there this year that you are not alone and you are of value. Now, if you have any questions or comments about this podcast, you can email them directly to Calvin at CalvinCWilliamsLPC.com or you can reach me on Facebook at Williams Professional Counseling Services, LLC. You can even check out my website at www.CalvinCWilliamsLPC.com. Or if you'd like to schedule a therapy session with me, contact us at HealthPoint Center, area code 318-998-2700. I always look forward to hearing from listeners, so please feel free to submit topics of interest, comments, or questions. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, folks, there's always room for you on the Counselor's Couch.